It's our HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, July, Friday, July the 28th, the end of the week. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Hope you had a wonderful week and are getting ready for a wonderful weekend as we're going to take a look today at North Carolina Central as a matter of fact and the MEAC had its media day today in Norfolk and wouldn't you know it no surprise the Eagles picked to win the MEAC uh, this year after winning the MEAC outright in 2016 so we're going to take a look at North Carolina Central and to do so and, and, and even before that want to remind you, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com. If you've missed any of our HBCU Football Daily podcasts since we began this on June the 19th, you can log on there to listen. You can also download the podcasts as well. Well, to help us talk about North Carolina Central, as a matter of fact, uh, this young man joining us, he, as a matter of fact, he was first, he was first on the first ever podcast that we did for box to row was part of our aggie eagle uh coverage back on last year november and uh this young man is the beat writer for north carolina central for the herald sun in durham as jonas pope joins us here on the hbcu football daily podcast on his way back from the miac as a matter of fact what's good jonas What's good, Don? I didn't, I didn't realize I was a part of a first last year. I can't tell you that there are many things in my life that I was part of the first one. But that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is, man. Uh, no, no, no question. I mean, you know, we, we, we introduced kind of the podcast thing last year, and um, you were a part of that and, and talking some – uh, some Aggie Eagle with us, so we appreciate you being a part of history here uh, with us on Botch to Row. And I want to start here. I know, obviously, North Carolina Central has been picked to win the me. I, got, I just want to kind of get your thoughts and maybe some takeaways uh, that you had from the MEAC Media Day. Um, yeah. I, I, was, I was, you know, because Citrus won it outright and they went to the Celebration Bowl, you would think that's, that's the respect from the league to, to, to pick them first, respect from the other coaches and the sports information directors. But I was a little shocked that Central got picked first just because they lose so much on offense. They got a great defense come, coming back. They lose so much on offense. So that kind of surprised me that they got picked uh, uh, first. But, yeah, just coming back from media day, um, great event. You know, I love it. I love getting around everybody, which it means football is right around the corner. Uh, you were missed. You know, I heard a couple of people asking you were in the group conference. So, uh, this, 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 this event, you kind of kick off the season, and practice starts next week. And before you know it, games are starting. We'll be rolling. So, this event is like the first official kickoff to the football season. Yeah, I agree. The MEAC does an excellent job, and I'm just sorry I couldn't be there on this year. As a matter of fact, I had been going my first 106. I hadn't missed one um, since then. Sorry to have missed it. Um, but, I mean, you were there. You know, I, I want to start with something you said in terms of losing a lot for North Carolina Central, uh, which you're right. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to replace a, a Malcolm at quarterback who did a tremendous job. But, boy, I mean, Central is stacked. At running back, Ramon Simpson returns. Uh, Dorel McLean, who was a big-time running back two years ago, returns. Simpson was kind of the guy last year. And then they got Torrey Cotton, Isaiah Totten. Talk about how loaded the Eagles are in the backfield at the running back position. Well, it's almost too bad that they, they don't run a triple option or a wishbone. And you can kind of get all those guys on the field at the same time. But like you said, they're, they're loaded. I mean, when Dorel McLean was the rookie of the year, a couple of years ago, but now he's like, you know, the second string running back. And that just says a lot about their depth 
and how they developed Ramon Simpson, who had to step up last year when Darrell was injured. And then Torrey Cotton is a guy who was a you know a change of pace back, was kind of a pleasant surprise. And then they had a, they had a big spring from Isaiah, so they kind of expected some things for him this season. They got four different guys, and including whoever played quarterback who can run the ball and just kind of pound you, kind of wear you down as the game goes along. And last year we saw Darrell get better when he was healthy. You know, towards the end of the year, when he was 100%, you saw what he did in his A&T and what he did in the Celebration Bowl. So Ramon's going to be the starter probably going into the season, but I think they both probably feel like they are starters. You know, Darrell started a lot of games. Um, even Torrey Cotton started one game last year. So we got three guys who started before who got a lot of carries who have been the guy. I mean, that's going to help take a lot of pressure off of whoever wins their quarterback job. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, Malcolm Bell, tremendous all four years, as a matter of fact. So who do you think – I don't know if you had a chance to talk with uh, – well, I'm sure you did, but I guess my point is, did he tell you anything in terms of who – if he had to make a decision today, who would the starting quarterback be? Uh, he really didn't say. He's uh, kind of, you know, he wants to go into battle and, and get these guys as many reps as possible and just kind of have somebody win the job. Um, you know, Nayo Ramadan is the only quarterback on the roster who threw a pass last year, or for that matter, who was on the roster last year, now that I think about it. Um, they, got, they brought in a junior college transfer and two true freshmen, and it's up in the air right now. I mean, Nayo probably gets the, gets the uh, advantage going into camp because, you know, he's been there. He was there in the spring. He played last year. He, he knows the system, but... Sanders, the junior college transfer, is expected to really give Nayel a push. And then, you know, Chauncey Saunders came in with, with high expectations. He was, there, he was there in the spring, but he couldn't participate because he was injured. So he, he knows the playbook a little bit better than some of those other guys. And then the freshman, Dominique, from uh, Middle Creek High School, he put up a lot of big numbers. You know, he's not just going to come there and, and just admit, you know, accept a red shirt and accept being, you know, number four on the, on the depth chart. He's, he's going to expect to compete. So, it's going to be a, a tight battle and wide open right up to the Duke game. Now, Mac did say that while he didn't name who's going to be a starter, he did say he wanted a starter to kind of separate himself way before the Duke game gets here. Yeah, good point. That's the voice of Jonas Pope. You can check him out uh, in the Herald Sun in Durham, North Carolina, also occasionally in the News and Observer in Raleigh. He covers North Carolina Central. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And you know, Jonas, as we kind of rank each year these HBCU uh, recruiting classes, and one of the reasons we ranked um, North Carolina Central number one a couple of years ago was because of a young man by the name of Jalen Wilkes, uh, wide receiver, had a very good season last year, 31 receptions, 516 yards, 16.6 yards per reception. One of the strengths, uh, and it was so many strengths really for the Eagles, but was at the wide receiver position. Talk about how much more he's going to be, meaning Jalen Wilkes is going to be dependent upon in 2017. Yeah, Jalen Wilkes will probably be the guy this year. You know, last year, Levante Smith was the guy. You know, He can go across the middle. He can, he can go deep. He, he can just be the guy. Uh, but Jalen Jalen Wilkes is gonna probably be the number one threat. Jason Murphy, he'll be a senior. He had a big year. Um, well, he had a big spring. He was like the standout star of the spring game. And then David Miller, another senior. All those guys play a lot of football together. But he got to really break in a couple freshmen. Uh, uh, you know, a freshman, true freshman played in the spring game and rolled early. And then they bring in Jordan. Now I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the last name. <laughs> I'm not sure how to pronounce. 
Southeast. Uh, he comes in from North Carolina, played uh, four years at the University of North Carolina. He's from Wakefield. He's a guy, 6'2", about 180, 190 pounds. He has that same build as a Khalil Stenson. Actually going to wear the same jersey number as Khalil Stenson, so he's expected to come in there and step in and kind of pick up that production as a big guy, a big physical wide receiver. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you for not trying to pronounce uh, the young man's last name. I got a feeling, but by, by, by uh, you know, by the time the season starts, we'll know exactly how to pronounce his name. Um, defensively, man, I mean, seven starters return, some really good players, some big names: Reggie Hunter, Antonio Brown. Um, th- those two young men kind of stand out. How good is th- this? Was a nationally ranked defense. How good is this defense going to be in 2017? Well, Jerry Mack said today that this is probably the best defense he's had since he's been there in Central. Like I said, they you know, they were nationally ranked last year, broke a lot of records. They're going to have to lead the way because, you know, until the offense, you know, uh, gets on the same page and the quarterback is clicking, this defense has had to, you know, had to really carry the team for, for a couple of games now. They're not going to have to pitch shutouts, but they are really going to have to, you know, limit some teams until the offense gets going. But if anybody can do it, any unit can do it, definitely this defense. They, they return uh, – they're going to return – Three starters with two starters on the defensive line. Like I said, you mentioned Reggie Hunter, who's the lead tackler last year, also led them in, in interceptions last season. And then the secondary returns four out of five starters. A couple of more thoughts, Jonas, and we appreciate the time with this Bull City Classic, uh, which is the opening game of the season for uh, for both North Carolina Central and Duke. It's been a lopsided affair um, in favor, obviously, uh, uh, for Duke. Um, but with respect to what North Carolina Central has, and of course Duke had a bit of a down year last year. I mean, how, how competitive do you think the Eagles can be against the Blue Devils this year? Um, with all that the coach Mack said, he said he feels like they're closing the, the gap. You know, they 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 got a little bit more depth. Um, they they they're not phased by the big stage, and that's that's a big part of it. Uh, Ramon Simpson said those games they, they break down to conditioning and Duke's have a little bit more body. And but he said those, they're they're preparing for their game. They train hard and they feel like they close the gap. They feel like they're going to be a little bit more competitive than it's been in the past. You know, last year since they even scored a touchdown, it was, it was over with before the first quarter ended. But confidence wise, they feel like they can keep with Duke and they can close the gap because they've been on those big stages before. Lastly, Jonas, and we appreciate the time. Um, when you look at the schedule, and the schedule has changed a bit this year, you 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 two. I guess you have two opponents that you've played for what the last three or four years, and now they come off the schedule. You add new opponents, so uh, the Eagles this year are going to have to face South Carolina State, where in years past they didn't have to. Florida A and M, Howard, Norfolk State, Dell State, Hampton, Bethune Cookman, and then of course A uh, and T, which is in Greensboro um, this year. How competitive? Or how much more competitive do you think the conference will be this year, uh, maybe as opposed to last year and then in years past? Oh, well, as far as, far as last year, was a, a, a two-horse race between A&C and Central. I mean, you got you to realize that schedule, the scheduling guys did not do Central any favors by adding uh, South Carolina State and Hampton. You know, two things that are expected to be right there. When it's all said and done, you know the first conference game of the season is a home opener. I mean, the home conference game against South Carolina State on Thursday night, and South Carolina State traditionally is one of those teams that won the best defense every year in the NBA. And when you're breaking a new quarterback and four new stars 
on the offensive line. South Carolina State is not the team you want to see in that first league game. And then you got to travel to Hampton, a team that quietly went five and three last year in the league. You know, some, the ball bounced a different way, a different way, a couple of those games. They could be right there in the hunt for the league title as well. So Central took off Oregon State and Savannah State. You know, two of the two of the things that divide the league and replaced it with two teams that could possibly win the league. So that's they, yeah, they, when you're the best, you want to play against the best. They got the best schedule this year, uh, conference wise. Check him out again at theheraldsun.com. He is the beat writer for North Carolina Central Gate. Occasionally, you can check him out in the News and Observer in Raleigh at newsobserver.com. Also, follow him on Twitter at jepopeiv, jepopeiv. He is Jonas Pope. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Jonas, we appreciate the time, man, and we'll talk with you uh, during the course of the season. I man, appreciate it as always. Thank you. All right, let's do this. We're going to have a little bonus coverage here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We're going to step aside, take a break. Um, For those um, that may have missed our countdown to kickoff, we were live at Jimmy V's, and we had six of the nine HBCU football coaches from the state of North Carolina uh, at our countdown to kickoff last Saturday. Going to replay part of the interview that uh, we had with North Carolina Central Head football coach Jerry Mack from last week. More on the other side. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row, the biggest names, our guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. And you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what you said. This is the one and only Eagle Double G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music movies and sports hey my favorite three topics hey say what's happening man it's cft man hello this is aretha franklin queen of soul i'm talking about none other than serena williams that was definitely one of the better matches i've ever played i've had it just like that you know it's really focused just really you know excited missed any of these interviews then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com that's from the press box to press row real relevant Radio. We're back on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast once again for today, Friday, July the 28th. Joining us in the last segment, Jonas Pope, the beat writer for North Carolina Central. He covers the Eagles for the Herald Sun in Durham, North Carolina. Well, as mentioned, our countdown to kickoff took place on last week at the Jimmy V's in downtown Raleigh. And fourth year head coach Jerry Mack of the Eagles was there and uh, had a chance to catch up with them and uh, talk about the Eagles for 2017. <laughs> uh, it means a lot. Uh, I think the Eagle family and the Eagle Nation has really been supportive of us the last few years. I think we are transcending to an elite type of brand in North Carolina Central, not only just from our football program, but also you look at what we're doing as a university and then you look at our basketball program and just other entities on campus. We're doing some really unique things, and I think it's going to give us a chance to separate from some of our peers uh, if we continue to transcend like the way we've been doing. You had a plan, obviously, coming in when you were hired um, as the head football coach back in 2014. You always, obviously, you're coming in, you want to win, you want to turn the program around. The program wasn't where it needed to be. But, however, did you foresee that you would be as successful as you've been this quickly? 
Uh, I really did, to be honest with you. I think we came in and we put together a plan. Uh, after visiting with Dr. Ingerwicka McCree, who's our athletic director, and at the time, uh, you know, Deborah Saunders White, who's our chancellor, just visiting with those individuals let me know that the Eagle family was ready to take that next step. And it was something that I really wanted to be a part of, and I'm glad they gave me an opportunity to come in as a first-time head coach and lead our program. I tell everybody all the time, I'm only the gatekeeper of the North Carolina Central Program. What really makes our university go is all the entities and all the pieces around it. Our on-campus partners, our chancellor, our athletic director, they put all the pieces in places for us to be successful. And I knew when I came in the door and I interviewed for the job and got a chance to get the job, we just hit the ground running. I thought we hired a really good staff and we was able to keep a lot of those pieces in place over the last few years. So that has been one of the reasons that I think that we've been able to have success. I did have a vision, I did have a plan, but the plan and the vision is only as good as the people that support it and that's surrounded. And that's what we have. We have quality people, whether it's players, coaching staff, or on-campus uh, partners that make that plan really take the next step. You mentioned uh, Ingrid Wicker McCree has done an outstanding job at North Carolina Central. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, um, the program has only been D1 since uh, 07. Speak to, in, in all, you mentioned all of the ancillary parts of the university that helped to make uh, the program successful, to help make your job and, and being able to do what you do successful. Can you kind of uh, talk about that? And, and, and I think this, now this year you're not, miss, you're not losing any coaches, I believe, this year. The, sort of the continuity with that, but that starts with the university making the commitment to the program. It does. You, you just see from the way our athletic department has grown, whether it be from our development team increasing in numbers, which in general just leads to more fundraising, more giving. I think we hit our campus-wide institutional fundraising goal as well uh, last week. Uh, we have a new chancellor on board that's, uh, that's going to be great for our program and our university. And all that kind of just trickles down to football. You know, it's only a small cog and a small piece of what makes everything go. Uh, we haven't lost any coaches this upcoming season, and, and that is a, a rarity at, at our level in Division One college football. So you're talking about continuity is the biggest thing. You know, our players understand how to be coached. They're going to understand what the expectations within the program. We got some guys walking around the university now with three championship rings, and that's big because they understand what it's going to take to get us over the hump and get us to the HBCU National Championship. I want to talk some personnel, and, and thank you for. Of course, the the Eagles are the defending are, are they are the defending MEAC champions um, outright this year, as opposed to the other years when the championship was shared. Lastly, because I want to talk some personnel. What, what are you, 28 now? <laughs> I wish those okay. were the good days. <laughs> so, but no, as being one of the younger, I think at the time you were hired, you were the third youngest um, head coach in FCS. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to how your able maybe better to relate to the players than maybe an older coach would be? Yeah, I, the biggest thing that we use in our program is trust. And I think from a trust and honesty perspective, we are very uh, we trustworthy coaches and we're honest with our, our players. We're a very transparent coaching staff and I'm a very transparent person. That means when a young person comes into our university, they're going to know exactly where they stand within the program. As they um, matriculate through the, through the process, they're going to understand each and every year at the end of the season kind of where they fit. I don't know if it's so much of my age or anything like that, but I just do feel like that we try to make sure that we, we build a trust within our coaching, pro, coaching staff and program, and we also try to build an honesty. We try to be as upfront and honesty with guys as possible, whether you're 36 or whether you're 56. I think that's, that's the kind of some of the keys to success, no matter what age you are.
That's all we're going to be able to give you today because we promised not to make these HBCU Football Daily podcasts too long. But uh, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com on next week, and we'll have that entire interview up along with some of the other head football coaches from the state of North Carolina that joined us as well. As a matter of fact, we're going to post uh, the, the that show on our website, BoxToRow.com, beginning on next week. Have a great weekend, and we will resume the HBCU Football Daily Podcast show on Monday, so tune in. Have a wonderful week. Time, Carolina on my mind, Carolina on my mind.